0: This is the second hour of Oilers Now. Bob Stauffer in the 6.30 Chad Studios. Oilers Now brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. Second hour of the show coming up for Wow Factor Desserts. In 39 seconds time, Brian Lawton. And at 135 today, David Staples. Uh, We got a text here from Epstein's mother who says, Stoff, you haven't even commented yet on the news out of Calgary about the new building and the province giving the flames uh, or giving uh, the project $300 million. Well, we'll save that for a little bit later on. You can reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline, 7804960063. The River Creek Resort Casino, excitement, bet on it. And you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, same number, 7804960063. Get the new floors you always wanted at Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. We're on Twitter at Orders now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer, Brendan at Brendan with two E's, Escott with two T's. We'll tell you, guests in the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki Steak Restaurant. Come in and check out their new location, 3975 Calgary Trail. We head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Brian Lawton for our friends at Wow Factor Desserts. Help yourself to irresistible dessert delights at their new retail location, 3508 56 Avenue in Edmonton. Or you can click on WowFactorDesserts.com. All right. Colin and the staff at uh, Wild Factor Desserts—they'll—they'll uh, they'll hook you up. We bring a board, and believe me, a guy like me, like you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, pretty much once a month. We, uh, we find a way to make account with Wild Factor Desserts in the Stauffer household. We're going to head off to the RiverGree Resort Casino Hotline. Speaking of hooking them up, uh, well, how prophetic! Uh, I don't know if he's uh, going to take a victory lap, but I do believe that our next guest, Brian Lawton, did say that Nick Bugstead might be a subtle little acquisition for the Edmonton Oilers, and that appears to be coming to fruition.
1: Hello, Brian, how you doing? No, there's no victory laps. Uh, I'm happy for Nick. He's a great kid. He's a good player. He's got a great opportunity. and took advantage of it. And we talked about it, Bob. He's a guy that can jump up and fill in when you need him in yeah. the top six role. Well, let's that's, that's maybe share some.
0: How many times do you think we talked, you and me, uh, between, say, the middle of November and uh, the trade deadline off air about Nick Bukestad? at least three or four times where we had 15 to 20-minute conversations on him?
1: I'd say that's probably light. You and I talk all the time about hockey players. We don't just like doing it on the air. We like doing it in our free time as well, which probably probably doesn't say a lot about you and I, but (laughs) I would say more. Yeah, Uh, it just, you know,
0: when you mentioned to me that he was from Blaine, and then I found out that he looked up to Matt Hendricks, You know, because sometimes, Brian, you can appreciate this. You started Octagon's agency. um, Calgary had to trade. You know, Johnny Goodrow didn't sign a long-term extension in Calgary. Matthew Kachuk wasn't Well, Adam Fox didn't want to go to to Calgary. Well, in the end, Adam Fox didn't want to go to Carolina either. He only wanted to play for the Rangers. But, you know, we're a little leery, right, because there's perceptions about Edmonton. Like, the Oilers have had success as an organization with players from the WHL, the OHL, Sweden, and Finland. That's where they've had the greatest success. And so sometimes you're a little bit leery, but maybe explain sort of the like where Blaine is relative to Minneapolis and the fact that maybe there is a difference... Is it fair to say there's a difference between guys from the state of hockey in Minneapolis than maybe Boston and other places in the U.S.?
1: Yeah, I still think it comes it comes down to what part of town you're from, believe it or not. Blaine is, you know, there's lots of wealthy communities right outside of Minneapolis. You see these teams in their tournaments every year as the leaders, Edina, Eden Prairie, Minnetonka, Wyzetta. Uh, Blaine is outside of that realm. The kids are known as a little uh, more mentally tough, harder to play against. Uh, demographics: our families aren't as wealthy. Um, it's not an unfamiliar story, and then we see throughout Canada. Yes, you know, for a long time, for a long time, I felt like we weren't really getting star players from Toronto. Uh, that's changed. You know, you think about Tavares and Stamkos and McDavid. our guys have certainly yeah, McDavid, of course. And we could just keep on dating ourselves right up. But prior to that window, we didn't really see it. So you never know if that's true or not. Everybody knows about Scotty Niedemeyer and how he grew up. Brendan Morrow is a good friend. I've heard the stories of uh, his jobs growing up and making it to the National Hockey League uh, was his only choice in life, if you ask him. So it tends to create a lot of drive and desire. Um, but nowadays in the world, you know, I can go back to the Oilers, just Randy Gregg was a doctor, right? And we were playing, that was abnormal. So- uh, <laughs> Out of the U of A, know, there's, by there's, the way. Out of the U of A. That's right. right. That's that's right. So, you know, who, who knows what makes it up in today's world, but Blaine is considered a place uh, that not a lot of players in the National Hockey League have come from. Gotti Buchstad obviously is from there. Gotti is Nick's uncle. Brandon Bochenski, who Ottawa Senator fans will remember at least to some degree. Matt Hendricks, Oilers fans got to look at him up close and personal. Love Love he's working with. Love Yes, he's working with the Wild now. Uh, I, I, I have a uh, special place in my heart for Blaine. Because I have a lot of good friends
0: that are from there. Brian Lawton, joining us right now for our friends at Wild Factor Desserts. So, when you were in the uh, when you were in the agency business before you became GM in Tampa, um, did you? And I've had this, you know, obviously, you know, I talked to Jerry Johansson a lot, and Jerry's based here in Edmonton. And he has a lot of success in uh, recruiting and procuring, you know, players. Uh, out of Western Canada, and he's got a guy named Scott Bonner and Manny De and they do a great job for him. And uh, Bonner's been a former WHL GM; he's a real good eye for talent. How, how, did you look at the the character of the families? Uh, you know, were you focused on? And, and at what age did you start? Uh, you know, developing those relationships with with the families and and the players. You know, it wasn't
1: as early as it is now, but it certainly was you know, 16, 17, you're starting to get to know the families. When I was an agent, um, you know, the one thing about hockey is that it's hard to predict. There's a lot of players that are really competent at those ages. So if you really want to be successful in today's world, it's easier to identify who these kids are because we have more special programs that they can get to. But I wouldn't say necessarily there's any higher percentage of those kids making it. There's always been a lot of kids at that age that were special. We just didn't have the media outlets that we do today. In the end, you got to get to know the families. you got to make really tough decisions as to who you think is going to make it and not make it. Brandon Bochensky and Matt Hendricks were two guys that I did represent. I felt like those guys uh, had what it took to make it. Trust me, there are a lot of guys I had to make a decision on early because you can't get everybody um that didn't make it but for the most part at least when i was at octagon and i believe it's continued we were able to pick players that we were able to pick more players than most and that's how we we're able to build the business and Don't bet, have to be a yeah. hundred times better bob but you got to be a little bit better at it or you have no chance of building a business there's just too many players available
0: Ben Hankinson represents uh, Nick Bugstead right now. He's going to have a compelling case for himself carrying forward. He sure looks good, uh, and you nailed it because you told me Bobby can move up, and we saw that last night, game five of the playoff series, and the guy got two goals. So, that's sort of proof is in the pudding. I'm going to throw another kudo your way, Brian. You talked to me about Ryan McDonough. You said the Tampa Bay Lightning are not, and this was halfway through the season, before the Lightning Finished 18th in the league in the second half of the schedule. Okay, they were 18th in the league. And you said the Tampa Bay Lightning are not the same team with Ryan McDonough. Uh, somebody should try to get active and add Ryan McDonough uh, if, uh, you know, if Nashville ultimately falls out of the mix here. Uh, I think we're seeing with Tampa, and granted, they don't have Chernak, and it appears like Hedman is not at 100%. They're just simply not the same team they once were. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, I think that's very fair. And, yes, I have said that. Ryan's such an interesting guy, McDonough, because, you know, for a time there, the fact that the Rangers traded him for what they traded him for when they traded him, to me, was ludicrous. This guy is the heart and soul of any team he's ever played on. He had some injury problems for a while where he ran into some unfortunate concussion issues. But uh, since he's corrected or been healthy, He's been back to himself. Uh, He was dynamite for Tampa, doesn't care about the limelight, does the dirty work, has twice as much value in the playoffs as he does in the regular season. I really felt that he even helped Nashville immensely after they traded not only Ekholm but Janelle and made a lot of changes. Uh, He really, I I felt, gave them a, a puncher's chance to make it into the playoffs. And uh, it didn't work out for Nashville, but they finished really strong, which was bizarre when you see how well a guy like Ekholm played for for Edmonton. So uh, you got to give Ryan a lot of credit. He's a great guy. I don't know if he fits with Nashville going forward. Right. I thought that that could that could happen this year because of his age. You got to have a team that you think is right on the cusp of winning the Stanley Cup to add a guy like him, but. Uh, He's still worth it, in my opinion, 1,000%. And
0: Tampa Bay, I mean... They miss miss
1: him. You know, they got stomped out of him on the cap. That happens. We saw that happen to Chicago in a big way after their run of three cups in five years. We've seen it happen with a lot of teams. Um, Nashville was able to get in. Ryan McDonough last year, they were in a hurry when that happened uh, to move him. And uh, I thought he might end up in Columbus, and Nashville somehow was able to steer that way, that deal their way at the last minute. So kudos to them.
0: Yeah, uh, Tampa I, I Tampa can still come back against Toronto, but it's the way Tampa's lost those last two games at home, dominating Game Three, losing an OT, and then obviously the Leafs rallying from four-one down. That that's those sort of things, Brian. They weren't happening to Tampa, in the, and they weren't happening for Toronto. Is it maybe just Toronto's time to beat? And again, Toronto finished fourth in the league standings. Tampa Bay was 13th. They were 18th. Tampa, Brian, was 18th in the second half of the season. Winnipeg was 22nd. Those two teams have Vezina Trophy goalies, and they finished that way. Tells you a little about their teams, in my opinion.
1: No, it really does. Tampa just doesn't have that ability. They've been in the other tight spots in their run over the last three years, and they've always had the ability, particularly Vasilevsky, to come back and keep it to two goals or less, or shutouts if you needed them. Because he did go I think back-to-back closeout games with shutouts over that incredible run they had. I just don't feel like they have that kind of depth to pull that out of uh, where they need to at the right time. So uh, I wouldn't count Tampa out, but uh, I have to give Toronto a lot of credit. They're in a better place. Tampa's in a worse place, and I think that Toronto's going to get it done.
0: Brian, our texters are asking us on the Ashley Fine Flores text line, ask Brian, who's, uh, you know, who does the three-day break in the Edmonton LA Series favor? I have to personally think it favors LA because it allows guys like Doughty and Kopitar and maybe even Salo and Gold to get recalibrated, get a little bit of rest. Is you give me your thoughts? That's that's my opinion.
1: Uh, I think it's a a welcome, a welcomeness for both teams who it favors in the end. You know, in terms of rest, I would say off the cuff that it should favor Edmonton for the top players, it's a godsend for them. And yet, for LA, I would say just a chance to sit back, reevaluate. Last game didn't go the way they wanted, a good opportunity to change the momentum back around. So uh, I'd take either side of that equation. I'd be happy if I was Edmonton. I'd be thrilled if I was L.A. with the break.
0: When it was 3-1 L.A. in game four, did you think the 3 o- nothing in game four for L.A. after one, did you think the Oilers were in trouble in the series?
1: No, but I thought if they uh, – I, I have a lot of confidence in the Oilers because they've proved it all year long that they can come back. So in my opinion, they're never really out of it. But I'd be lying if I didn't say, if they don't get this game turned around, they very well will lose this series. Yeah. So I give them a a heck of a lot of credit. I wasn't panicking watching the game for them. I don't have any dog in the fight. But as far as intellectually thinking about it, I was thinking, wow, this is really a shock. All these games have been close. LA's got this lead. I'm not sure they could close it out, which they couldn't. But if they did boy, I, I think that they would have found a way to win another game. So it uh, says a lot about the Oilers. they are no quit. Um, you know, L.A.'s given them fits. I thought Edmonton would win this series handily, um, but I didn't think it would be as close as it's been for sure so far. I think that L.A.'s probably, you know, the break does really help them because they need to recalibrate. It's easy to get – bowled over by the fact that you had a team on the ropes and you didn't close them out, and it completely changed the dynamics of the series.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, did you have any, during your playing days with the Minnesota North Stars, after you were the number one pick in the 83 draft, did you have any enjoyable playoff moments in Edmonton?
1: None in Edmonton. Uh, it was always rough for us up there. We only played them that one series, and Edmonton was at the top of their game. You know, maybe in their entire history, in terms of the teams they were able to field, we had a really good team. As a matter of fact, that year I think we were certainly second or third overall in the league in the second half. Yeah. So we felt good about going into the playoffs. Um, but boy, and we played Edmonton in the conference finals, uh, but it was no contest, and that was evident really by the second game. I think they had convinced everybody that. Uh, this is just a formality which is a terrible position to be in <laughs> nobody ever nobody ever admits that but if you ask players in complete sincerity they'll tell you yeah we knew we were a long shot to win that one that's uh, how we felt in minnesota now if i
0: recall were you you got scratched a couple times during that playoff run with minnesota right
1: i did i was a 18 year old player and um yeah it was it was kind of in and out
0: for me yeah Speaking of yeah. long series, I remember Wayne Gretzky telling me a story. They were playing the Flyers in the 85 uh, playoffs, and one of the Flyers players, a younger guy, had beat up to him, and he'd taken a little bit of a run at Wayne, and he said it's going to be a long series, and Wayne was chirping back to the bench, and he goes, I don't know what you're thinking, but i got to tell you right now, my plans are to get this thing over fairly quickly. <laughs> so... And, and that was one of the more polite uh, little chirps that went back and forth, because I would have a feeling that when you played, uh, you probably heard pretty much everything. Is that a fair assessment?
1: Yes. And there was nothing that was out of pounds, really. I mean, it just, you know, was it the right thing? I don't know if it was the right thing. It was, you know, that's just the way the world was at that time. Yeah. It was accepted. I mean, I was in Edmonton when you know, playing with Tony McKegney when somebody threw a banana on the ice. Oh man! You know, and, and to be he honest with for, you,
0: as a, yeah, that was brutal.
1: Yeah, uh, it was brutal as a player, and and for me to recall that so quickly, not a reflection on Edmonton. It's just times but were yeah, different back yeah, yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. So you don't, you know, I never like to see that. I love competition to the death, but I also loved in hockey that when it's over, you shake hands yeah and move on not golf don't get me wrong but i still felt like there was a lot of honor in yeah. the NHL back then was there really a, was there a guy
0: just to wrap up Brian was there a guy that was really funny in the league like if he chirped he could be like back in those i mean everybody had a couple guys that were wise asses but uh i mean i'm sure you got it because yeah. you were the number one pick and you were an American and that sort of I, you were the first American ever to go number one right Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. There, there was there was two guys that were really funny that fans will remember. The first was Tiger Williams, believe it or not. He was very talkative. He used to drive me crazy because I never knew if he was going to say hello or try to stick me in the face. Right. So that was always a big question when you're going out against him. But the other guy that was very funny that's coaching right now in the playoffs was Lindy Ruff. Yeah. And uh, Lindy, was, Lindy was just hilarious. And towards the end of my career, I was going to retire – and one of my friends had told Lindy, oh, you know, Lots is probably gonna retire in a year or two and go back to school. So Lindy comes up to me at the face-off and has this conversation with me. And he says, what are you gonna do? I said, oh, you know, I, I, yeah, I might go back to school. And he says, oh man, I'd love to do that, but I'd have to go back to like the seventh grade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like think he just was, I was like, what? <laughs> he just was a very funny guy. He was very talkative. He played hard. Um, You know, to be honest with you, when you played against guys like that, they really weren't looking to fight me. They were going to do their job. And there was a level of honor in the league. Dave Semenko Semenko was never going to attack me. You know, if somebody hit Gretzky, he might come back and say, hey, I'm going to run Neil Broughton if you guys hit Wayne Gretzky. You know, there was was just a lot of of that back then. yeah, there was just there wasn't as much stupid stuff sometimes that we saw not necessarily now but in between that time period and leading up to say the last 10 15 years.
0: Brian, love having you come on the show. Thanks for joining us here in Oilers now. My pleasure,
1: Bob. Thank you.
0: Former NHL agent, general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning, worked for years with the NHL Network, Brian Lawton. For our friends at Wow Factor Desserts, help yourself to irresistible dessert delights at their new retail location, 3508 56th Avenue in Edmonton, or click wowfactordesserts.com, 125 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick time out. You're listening to orders now. Ah, I need to turn this button on, too. Got to remember how to work these things when I'm in the building. 127 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Print Ridge Ford. Multiple-time President Award winner for customer satisfaction, full transparency. They have great customer care after you purchase the vehicle. They don't forget about you. But another big factor in their ongoing success, like any great franchise, is stability. Here's some legacy level stats for you. Service manager Kevin started back in 98. Sales manager Chris the Flames fan in 99. Uncle Milt, he's the rookie. He's been there since 02. I know from personal experience, the whole Brent Ridge Ford staff is committed to ensuring your customer experience is a positive one. Brent Ridge Ford is your Ford truck authority on the auto mile in Watasquin. Cars cost less in Watasquin. David Staples is coming up at 135 today. David did some great work on the downtown entertainment arena district. The deal that uh, the Oilers... Entertainment Group ultimately made with the city of Edmonton. The mayor at that time, Stephen Mandel, big news out of Calgary yesterday. Oh, and we'll get to some of the fancy stats, too, in this series between the Oilers and L.A. Kings. But not before we go off to a global news weather traffic update. Randy Kilburn.